and from Hafiz, I heard God laughing. There's two of them on a page. Spill the oil lamp. Spill the oil lamp. Set this dry, boring place on fire. If you have ever made wanton love with God, then you have ignited the brilliant light inside that everyone, every person needs. So spill the oil. And the other one is, I am determined. One regret, dear world, that I am determined not to have when I am laying on my deathbed is that I did not kiss you enough. All right. You guys ever notice in here that we rarely, if ever, use the word worship? Isn't that interesting? We don't use the word worship in here. But what's the, here, what's the word you hear is used more than anything in here? Loving. Right there gives it all. We don't talk about worshiping God, worshiping the soul, worshiping the teacher, worshiping anything. We talk about loving. Because often when we begin to move into an action of worshiping, we start to create a separation, something outside of ourselves, and we can idolize it, put it up on a pedestal, make it greater than, do all sorts of things when we begin to worship something. So it's important to realize and pay attention to that. Because if you look at different religions, they talk a lot about worship. And you don't ever hear that spoken here. It's just a little peculiarity to pay attention to, to look at in some of the differences of what other things preach or a true pathway of spirit that shares. There's a little more. So in other words, what I'm saying that even in the wording of how things are presented, one can begin to see or begin to perceive and find a greater clarity of understanding of what's really going on behind the words. Because to some degree, not 100%, because nothing in this world will ever be 100% the truth of spirit. Because spirit's not of the world. It's not a reflective process. It's not something outside of ourselves. So it'll never be 100% accurate in the world. But there can be words that can align to maybe reflect a little more accurately to give us greater understanding of that spirit of loving of life itself. It's interesting because sometimes we even talk about spirit as life itself or God the life giver, God the creator. And so even in the words, though, we even use here, it can give the appearance of a separation. God, the creator, us, the children of God, God's creation, all the different aspects. So it, it appears as we're talking about things that are separate from rather than that oneness. Because that's how the manifestation or the expression of that creative spirit of God appears. It's a movement. And in that movement is the awareness. So we need to talk about that 
because that's how in the expression of life we begin to awaken and come to discover, to come to know really more the greater truth in all of life from which it all has come. Because the creator itself that we are one with is in everything, even in this illusion and the reflection, this realm of time and space. But we're ever careful how we share about that because it's important to realize some of the differences because in this world of reflection, there's all these polarities. It's even funny trying to share about this right now. I'm aware of my words moving really slow. Because ultimately, we need to realize in truth there is no separation. But if we don't actually acknowledge the illusion, we can tend to deny or avoid that illusion. So we need to give acknowledgement, to give credit to how things appear. But then to realize appearances are not necessarily all they, they seem to be. So in other words, on this journey, we want to begin to look beyond the appearances, beyond the words, beyond the illusion of the reflection, and begin to perceive more deeply into that expression of that spirit of life itself. But you see, a lot of organizations and people out there talk about doing the same thing. But this is where it's important to realize some of the differences of how things are talked about, but what it is that we're actually wanting to look at to begin to perceive. And that's why you hear us in here use over and over the word loving. Or often you'll hear Jim describe it as God first and God only. Because loving and God are the same. So ultimately we want to look and perceive and see and experience and know the loving. Because guess what? We're going to get what we focus on. If we're trying to awaken and perceive spiritually or psychically that which is beyond the physical, oh, we can begin to perceive these other dimensions and realms. But are we looking more for the manifestation or the creation? Or are we really looking more for the creator, the essence from which the manifestation or expression has come from? In other words, we have to keep going, keep going. If you can see a form, that's not it. That's a form. We need to keep going and going and going until we get beyond the form because that's the expression or the creation, and move into the formless, which is the essence, which is the spirit itself behind all the form. You've heard us many a time liken it to like watching a movie. 
And how is that done? How is that form projected on that screen that we see? Well, we see this film and these images on this film, but then there's always the light behind the film. And the light behind the film has no form. It's just light. But as that light shines on this film, all of a sudden we see a form. And we're so busy looking at the form and forms, trying to get all the answers and figure it out, in other words, that we never go beyond and begin to look at that light that actually is that expression that gives life to the form. Isn't it funny, even a film, it's all these images per second over and over and over that are running, running, running. But all it is is one light that's just constantly shining. It's just a light, a beam of light just shining. But the film is these images just running, 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 running to give the form expression, to give it the appearance of movement. These fun little examples are good to look at, to give you an idea. So we want to begin to move beyond that form and really more into the formless. That's why even in meditation you'll hear Jim and I talk more about seeing the inner light rather than about the teacher or a form. Because that can be done too. We share that as well. But we prefer to share more about the inner light because that's more of a formless expression. And that gives us a better idea or more of the essence, not having a form to attach to, because then it can be easy to enter into a worship now. Isn't it interesting? And we hear this all the time, and you'll probably recognize this in yourself. How many times have you, in meditation, experience seeing that inner light like the purple or gold in its movement or feeling that sensation on the top of your head or experiencing just a peace or loving moving through you? How many times have you experienced that and thought, oh, well, that's nice, but nothing's going on in my meditation. How come I'm not having all these experiences in seeing all these different things and hearing all these different things. But yeah, I hear that all the time. No big deal. Think about it. How many times has that happened? Have you thought about that? Have you said that? You think nothing's going on? Because you're not seeing all the different forms and expressions. All you're getting is this boring light that's always the same. This quiet, gentle sensation in the top of your head that's always the same, that inner peace and movement of loving that's just always the same, and it's just so quiet. It's funny because that's the greater truth of spirit. That's the essence. That's that light behind the film that projects and gives life or expression to the forms that we see. But we're so busy looking for the form, all the phenomena. And we don't even give the credit to that light 
And that peace that we're always aware of. We're always aware of that. There's not a time you're not. And if you think you're not, stop kidding yourself. Because you are. We just hide it from ourselves because we're so busy trying to look for the expressions, the forms, the manifestations. And we don't even give the credit to that essence of life itself. So here's the key. If you really want to wake up and know the divine and know the oneness, know the creator, know yourself, the soul that is one with this essence of life, is to begin to spend more time focusing on that quiet, gentle, soft, peaceful, loving, light and sound and feeling you experience probably almost every time you do this action of meditation. To spend time with that, to give that the focus, to give that your attention, to give that your time. See, that's the key. It's in giving our attention as much as possible and the time to that is where you're really going to begin to have the greater awakening that you're seeking. It's not in all the symbols and messages and phenomena. Don't get me wrong, those are wonderful. But believe me, they can go on and on and on. And then you'll always find yourself chasing after the next sign. God, show me a sign. Show me a symbol. Give me an experience. And so we're ever chasing for the next one. And then the next one. Not even realizing that even in each of those symbols and signs and experiences is that essence of spirit in it. And that's what motivates us. That's what stirs us and inspires us and moves us. But because we're not fully awake, we don't understand that, so we think it's the outer expression, the form. These are little technicalities that often can be very subtle that on this inner journey, this pathway that we're sharing here in ILM are important to pay attention to because without them, we're ever going to be lost from finding the truth, ever searching rather than being found, ever asking rather than having the answer. Everything we're looking for is right here as soon as we close our eyes and give our attention inwardly at the seat of the soul. We're just never patient long enough and always looking for something more phenomenal. But yet the most phenomenal thing is right there, always present. So go for the boring. Go for the subtle. 
Go for the quiet and peaceful and gentle. Because in that is where you're going to find everything. And everything else comes out of that. See, on your journey of awakening, there'll be the day where you do become one with everything. But even that statement, one with everything, is really one with the creation. That's part of the journey. That's still not it, though. That's just one with creation, one with everything. But that's part of the journey that the soul will move through. And then you're going to keep on going and keep on going until you truly become one with God. That's not one with everything. That's only one with God from which everything has come out of. That's why over these last few years, when you've heard me speak about God, I've said over and over, God is not an experience. It is non-experiential. The very being of God in that is no experience. All it is is pure being, pure loving. And it's maybe strange or hard to imagine or understand what I'm saying, that it's not an experience, but it's not. The experience is in all of creation that God, out of that being, created and moved. It's the creation we have experienced. That's why we want to keep moving beyond the creation, keep moving beyond the experience until we reach that place of non-experience. And in that, in that is where you, the soul, will know and be able to say, I and God are one. That's what this journey really is. Not to be one with everything, but to be one with God. And so in doing that, we have to let go of all the things we worship or idolize. All the things that we project or create or believe. We got to let go of even the wonderful positive belief systems of all that we've projected and imagined God to be in this journey to be. We've got to let go of all of it and have to move into the actual beingness itself. It's funny because we're running all these things in us unconsciously, often not even aware or having a clue that's what we're doing. But you see, the wonderful thing is, as you hear the words spoken, it begins to place within our awareness that which we can pay attention to so that as our journey unfolds, we'll begin to realize and see and to know the greater truth that resides behind and within all things. That's why it's good to come to class like this. 
to participate. Even if it sounds strange or doesn't make sense, that's okay. Because one day it will. I remember for years, I used to always say to Jim, oh my God, I remember this talk you did three or four years ago. Now I know what it is because I had the experience myself to know. And so these words don't have to make any sense. You don't have to believe these words. Just in listening, just in listening, they're there. And it begins to move the consciousness and the direction from which those words are shared so that one day we too have the awareness, the experience, so that we know the truth ourselves. And then we'll realize, well, the truth isn't the words. There's no words of truth. The only truth is the divine itself. And then all the words do is lay out a pathway, a direction by which we can begin to move into that truth. And that's why when we even share about the sacred unspoken name of God, why we even called unspoken? Because in truth, those words that we give are simply an outer reflection. They're just words. But in chanting or repeating those words over and over, it begins to move our attention and gather our loving, our essence into the inner truth of the true name, the unspoken name, the word of God, the name of God, the sound current, the Holy Spirit, the audible life stream. That's the real unspoken name. And in truth, that's that greater essence of loving. It's really the essence, the inner sound, the inner light, is how we can perceive it. And so we say over and over, the sacred name, the unspoken name, we give it initiation, is only a poor reflection of the true name that can only be spoken and heard within by the soul with God. And that's it. But these outer words, this poor reflection, are a wonderful tool by which we can hold in our consciousness to begin to move into that inner dynamic of loving. So no worshiping here. No worshiping. No idolizing. Just loving. Loving God, loving yourself, loving others, loving all things, just loving. Isn't it funny, even Jesus said, love God with all your body, mind, and soul. Didn't say worship God. Love. Those words more accurately reflect that inner truth spoken by a teacher who was awake. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Just love. No worship, no honor, no respect. Don't be looking for respect. Give all those up and just focus on the loving because that's all there is. If you go for anything else, you're only going to hold yourself back. Create another block, another wall, another resistance to deal with. So let them all go and just keep coming back to the loving. Even when we have that acronym, LAF, loving, accepting, and forgiving, that accepting and forgiving are just two other tools to assist us in coming back to the loving. That's all they do. Forgiveness just helps us to let go of our judgments and fears and concerns. Acceptance does the same thing. So that we can just be present in our loving. Whether it's loving for an expression of God or loving for God itself. Now that most of you are asleep, <laughs> I know. Well, I have no more words at the moment, so I guess it's you. Well, we've now entered into the season once again where we begin to look more inward and upward, more to that loving flow, more to the action of giving and receiving. And the one thing that takes place in our consciousness often in this process is, what are we going to get? What is the gift that's going to come to me? And who's going to give me the gift that's going to make more sense and be more important to me than all the other gifts? Well, there's one gift that is ever being offered, but it's up to us to receive it. And it's not just offered at Christmas time, it's offered at every moment of every day. And that's the gift of God's loving. God is ever offering us gift. He doesn't impose it upon us, He doesn't demand that we receive it and accept it and use it or appreciate it or honor it. God is just offering ever offering. But it's for us to pay attention to where that offer is given and to how the offer is presented. And that's all done inside. It's not done in the world. The gift can manifest itself in the world, but first we must be open to receive that gift. Loving is everything. Out of loving came everything. 
And if we want things in our life to unfold in a way that is in accordance with that movement of loving, we must be open to receive it. We must be actively open and available to that movement of spirit every moment of every day. If we're sitting around and moping and complaining and griping and blaming and judging and fearing, then we're not living in that openness, that availability of the opportunity that is there for us. It's for us to be available to that gift. God is ever there, open-handed, willing to share all that God has to share. But are we willing to receive? Are we willing to be present and allow that gift in? That's what meditation is about. Meditation is an action of preparation, of focusing, of awakening to that opportunity, to that gift, and to be present to the moment of the gift being present and presented. So what is the gift? It's a lot of what Brian just talked about. It is that light. It is that sound. It is that sensation of that divine movement of loving that comes in at the top of the head and moves throughout our consciousness. 